Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandian. Today, as we continue on with all sufficient grace, we're to number three, living grace. Living grace means from the moment you're born again throughout your entire lifetime until the time that you die, you are covered by the grace of God. This is maturing grace. Let's go to the word of God together and find out how we can mature in the grace of God because he gives more grace. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and something to take notes with and study the Word of God with Pastor Bob Yandian. Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandian and welcome again to Student of the Word. This is day number three as we're taking up all sufficient grace, the different types of grace found in the Word of God. And honestly, again, we've been taking it up for two days. This is lesson number three. We're gonna talk about living grace today, but we have already covered convicting grace, We've covered quickening grace yesterday, and today we're taking up living grace, which that takes you all the way from the point of the new birth all the way until the time that you die. For the time that you're here on this earth, that grace just keeps on increasing and increasing and increasing, and God keeps pouring out more blessing on you. So this is what we're gonna be talking about today, and tremendously, you will be blessed. And so I'm teaching from my series, and this is a CD called Types of Grace, and I know that you're gonna be blessed by this, and at halftime, the announcer's gonna come on, tell you how you can have a copy of this for yourself, and I know you're going to be tremendously blessed. And so hang on, because I know that from today's lesson, you'll go, I got to have that. You might have said no for the past couple of days, and you're going to say, oh, no, no, I need to get that serious and listen to it again. And on top of that, make notes. Make it better. I can tell you this, everything that I've got, I got from somebody else, just about maybe 80, 90% of it from someone else, but I go and make it better. Even tell them, man, that was a great sermon. I'm gonna go out and make it even better. Uh, they laugh at it sometimes. And I laugh at it too, why? Because there's people taking my sermons and gone out and made better sermons out of it. I've heard those sermons and go, that sounds a little familiar. They said, well, I got it from you, but they've expanded it so much. So I say to them, I'm gonna take that and go out and make it even better than that. So that's the beauty of the Holy Spirit. That's the beauty of the power of God. We have that ability to take in the word of God, but God can keep adding to it. So again, I just admonish you when half time comes along that uh, you order this and uh, be blessed by it. So I want you to turn with me today. We're going to take a look at the word of God and we're going to talk about the subject of living grace. And so with living grace, we're going to take a look at what the word of God has to say. And I want you to turn with me to the book of Psalm 23. We're going to take a look at Psalm 23 here in just a moment. You're already anticipating. Well, I know Psalm 23. Well, we're going to talk about it under the light of living grace. Let's talk about it again what we've covered. Convicting grace was in Titus chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. And there it says, the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men and telling there it convicts us. That's what convicting grace is. And when we hear the gospel, the Holy Spirit that is carrying that gospel to us brings conviction to us that we need to make a decision. At the same time that conviction comes, there's a rising faith inside of us that we act upon. We still need to make the choice to act on that and receive Jesus as our Lord and as our Savior. The thing that happens then if we accept Jesus as Lord and Savior comes quickening grace. And this means to make you alive. On the inside, you were dead unto God and suddenly life comes into it. And the analogy I made on the last broadcast was that when the sperm meets the egg inside of a woman, life happens at that very moment. And that's when the uh, plan of God, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ meets our faith. We unite the two together and eternal life begins at that point on the inside of us. 
Today, we're taking up living grace. And living grace is basically the growth process. Living grace comes through the Holy Spirit, Jesus Comforter, and living uh, grace simply is this. The definition of living grace is this. The grace given by God to sustain the believer in every condition and phase of life, good and bad, until death. It's a little long, so I'll say that again. The definition of living grace is this. The grace given by God to sustain the believer in every condition and every phase of life, good and bad, until death. God wants to be so integrated into our life that we realize something, the promises that come to us in the midst of trouble, the promises that come to us in the midst of prosperity. I mean, the blessings of, there's days we can be over on this side and everything is going wrong. On this side, everything is going right, but God is with us in everything, in every phase and condition of life until the day we die. So what we're describing here is basically just growing grace. When we grow, we mature. God has commanded us that once we get born again to start growing up, and this is the two parts of the Great Commission. The first part of the Great Commission is this, go into all the world and preach the gospel. That gets people saved. That's found over in the book of Mark. But in the book of Matthew, as Jesus gave the Great Commission, he brought up this part, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, teaching them. The gospel comes by preaching, but then growth comes by teaching. And the teaching comes to us and we become mature in the things of God. And this is what God is looking for. A believer is like Jesus Christ, but a disciple lives like Jesus Christ in in front of the world. And this is what God calls full maturity inside of us. The purpose of the new birth is not just to make us a new creation. The purpose of the new birth is to introduce us to a lifestyle where we walk like a new creation. We act like Jesus, look like Jesus in front of the world. And so in essence, what God wants was when Jesus left this earth to go to heaven, he wants to cover the earth with billions of little Jesuses all over the world, doing what Jesus did, preaching the same messages, operating in the same Holy Spirit, performing signs and wonders, but this demands maturity on our side, and that's what living grace is for. The Holy Spirit is what delivers grace to us, whether it's the first one, which is convicting grace, the second one, which is a life-giving grace, quickening grace, or this one today, where we actually begin to grow in the things of God, and we have maturing grace inside of us. That's what living grace really is. So, it comes back to us again, all spiritual growth comes through living grace. So spiritual growth inside of us is what God is looking for. And, you know, I remember the first times I, that I learned certain things. I remember one day I'd been born again for a little while. I never really understood righteousness. I just thought that's a word, a big word and a big Greek word and all this found in the Bible. And when somebody actually told me from the pulpit, you are the righteousness of God. Oh, you begin to walk in more righteous. But listen, you are a righteous person learning to walk righteous. You became righteous the moment you received Jesus as Lord and Savior. I about thought, I thought, I never thought about that. And here's what he said. I'll never forget this. He said, right now, they did, he said they weren't righteous in the Old Testament. They were counted righteous, but they weren't really righteous like we are. We've been made righteous. They were accounted righteous as Abraham was. He was accounted righteous. But today, we being righteous could actually, he said, if we could take everybody in this auditorium and put you in a time capsule and take you back to the Old Testament and take you out there to the uh, desert where they were, where they were out there, you know, in the wilderness. And he says, and we all get out, we could walk right into the Holy of Holies. We could tell the priest, excuse me, push him out of the way. We could walk in there, pick up the ark under our arms and walk out with it. You know why? Because it's the righteousness of God, that ark meeting the righteousness of God, and we could walk out with it. Even the priest had to make sure he was cleansed, make sure all these things were done and could go in 
there once a year. Once a year, we can walk in at any time and grab that thing and walk out with it. Again, that's the righteousness of God, but that has to be learned. What is it that teaches me? The grace of God. And so we have it coming here again that this is growing grace, growing up in the things of God, and this is called living grace. Living grace again tells us what we have through Jesus Christ. All spiritual growth again comes through living grace. All blessings come to us through living grace. So when we walk in the things of God and suddenly we have blessings coming our way, I mean, we have things work out for us. We have calls come on our life. We have phone calls that, uh, that, we get, that we've been waiting for for a long time and suddenly a door, a door swings open in front of us, whether that be a job, an occupation or something like that, or your family gets blessed or your children receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. All blessings come from living grace. All forgiveness of daily sins comes from living grace. Remember that blessings of God, this living grace, comes in times of good times and bad times. All forgiveness of daily sins comes from living grace. All discipline and fellowship restoration comes from living grace. Whom the Lord loves, that's the grace of God he chastens. We often tell our kids, they say, oh, you're gonna strike me, you're gonna spank me and say, yes. Oh, how can you do this to us? Because I love you. I'm not gonna beat you up. I'm not gonna kill you. I'm gonna hit you where you're gonna know that you've been, you've been spanked. And this is what God does. There's times he has to spank us. He loves us, why? He does it because he loves us. He does it because of his grace. And he does it because he wants the one that's getting off the mark to come right back on the mark, one that's getting off the trail, back on the trail. And this is how he does it. And this is what we do with our own children. But God loves us so much more than we love our children. And again, whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son or daughter that he has. All guidance comes from living grace. The Holy Spirit revealing things to us, showing what's the, do the door in front of us, whether to take it or not. There's been times in my life I look back that God directed me in my ministry and the ministry doors opened up and God let me know ahead of time in, in a number of them that that door was about to open up. Oh, the grace of God. When we run into trouble and a scripture comes to us and we're in the midst of something terrible, we wonder how am I gonna get out of this and a scripture comes to us, well, that's the Holy Spirit leading you. The main way the Holy Spirit leads you is he leads you and guide you into all truth. And he said, my word is truth. So whenever you're, you know, you're praying for guidance, you say, all I got was a scripture. Hallelujah. That's the highest form of guidance you can have. It beats a vision. It beats a voice coming from heaven. Why? Because the vision may not have come from God. The voice that you think came from heaven may not have come from heaven. It might've come from your own flesh. But whenever a scripture comes to you, that is irrefutable. You cannot change it. Because why? It came from heaven. And so when the Holy Spirit reveals the word to you, then you can act on that and know he's going to bring you through. What is that? That is the grace of God. All guidance comes from living grace. The ministry of Jesus as our shepherd to guide us daily is also a ministry of grace. And by now you should have found Psalm 23. We're going to go to it and begin to look at it because Psalm 23 is living grace. Now that we've been born again, here's what God wants to do with us all the way to the point of our death from the time we accept Jesus until the time we finally physically die off this earth and we go to be with the Lord in heaven is covered in Psalm 23. So you can just write down Psalm 23 is all part of God's living grace for us. After we've been born again, after we've heard the gospel and been born again, we now enter into living grace. And here's what the scriptures say. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. Before you were born again, he was not your shepherd. 
It goes on to say, I shall not want. There's nothing in life I need to, to, to agonize over or strive and strive and strive with my own strength to get because why? He's my shepherd. And just like the shepherd provides for the sheep, God provides for me. Jesus provides for me. This is living grace. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. In other words, green pastures is where I eat. God will always make sure we have something to eat. He'll always make sure we are sustained. If the whole world is having problems, God promised us in the midst of famine, he would bring us the provisions of life. And be, to be honest with you, you may look around at what's going on in our country and around the world and say, we might be going through famine. God has not lost the recipe for manna. He can still take care of you, bake it in heaven and send it right down to you. That's the Lord we serve. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Stories are told of sheep that whenever the water is moving, they won't drink for it. They want it totally still. And the, what the shepherd has to do is dig out a little spot on the side where the water can run in and be still, and they'll drink from that. This is what God does for me. He stills the waters around me to where every day my life is in peace. We'll continue with this psalm right after the break. We'll see you in just a moment. The awesome grace of God begins with salvation and carries us all the way through this life and into eternity. Because of the work of the cross, God's grace is absolutely free to all who will simply receive it. In this five-lesson teaching series, Pastor Bob Yandian highlights the foundational Bible truths concerning four specific types of grace that God has provided for us. The topic titles are Mephibosheth, Convicting Grace, Saving Grace, Living Grace, and Dying Grace. Understanding the nature of the grace of God in each of these areas of life will help you understand the nature of His character and His unconditional love for us. To order types of grace, go to bobyandian.com. Theology Simplified is a practical guide to foundational biblical truth. Basic doctrines are not difficult, but easy to understand. They often become disguised as complicated or deep-sounding words but the definitions are simple. Using straightforward vocabulary and down-to-earth examples, Pastor Bob makes complex theological concepts clear and practical. Eight crucial doctrines of the Christian faith are demystified. Redemption, justification, sanctification, reconciliation, predestination, election, propitiation, and glorification. These eight precepts essential for all believers to understand, come to light as you read and arrive at a deeper understanding of the finished work of Jesus Christ. To order Theology Simplified, visit our website at bobyandian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity and faithfulness, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit our website at bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. The 23rd Psalm and verse three says this, he restores my soul. 
Now, this is written to believers, not to unbelievers. So basically what it's saying is when he restores my soul, notice not my spirit, my spirit's been born again. But there's times when I sin and I get out of fellowship with the Lord. I need restoration at that point. Not the fact that I'm headed toward hell. I am a carnal Christian at the moment, but I can get rid of that carnality and become a spiritual Christian. What happens? I confess my sins. First John 1, 9 and verse three says here, he restores my soul. I can't do it myself, but he through his grace can if I'll just confess it. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Right after my soul is restored, he now leads me in paths of righteousness, not unrighteousness. If you have two paths in front of you as a Christian and this path goes off into sin, but you think, oh, I just want to have some fun for a while. And you look on this side, this one leads you into righteousness. Choose the righteousness path. You say, well, if I take those over here, forgive me. Yeah, but you set yourself back. I mean, why, why should you suffer this over here just to have a momentary thrill and then come back to God? No, he simply says he leads you. And this comes back to guidance. Notice this, when you're out of fellowship, he can't lead you. But when he restores your soul, now he can lead you, but he always leads you in paths of righteousness for his very namesake. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, there are days in our life when it seems like we are so close to death or times we look back on our life that we could have been killed so easily. I think of two or three occasions in my life, it was God that brought me out. I didn't see it happening around me, but I knew something wasn't right and later on found that God was preserving me, though I walked through the valley of the shadow of death. Notice this, it's so close you can see its shadow, but shadows can't hurt you. God said he will protect you. I will fear no evil. I don't care if the evil comes from people or from Satan himself and all the hordes of demons. I will not fear for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The rod and staff, the rod is to beat off the wolves that come and the staff is to literally come down when we're having trouble and to yank us back out. It says, this is what comforts me. God has something on him for my enemies. That's the rod and he has something on there for me, the staff. They comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. What does this mean? You bless me in this earth. The presence of my enemies means I am in the devil's world, but in the middle of the devil's world and right in front of his face, he blesses me and prepares a table before me just to rub it in the devil's face and to be a blessing to me. He says, you anoint my head with oil. Oil here is fellowship with God, the power of the Holy Spirit. And he says, you anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. This is daily blessing. Blessings. God wants to bless you so much that your cup runs over. He goes on to say, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. God's mercy, God's blessing, God's grace is with you every day and follows you all the days of your life. And then at the point of death, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This means grace goes on and on and on and on. All these things are found. The five different types of grace are all found here in this 23rd. Psalm. Romans chapter 8, verse 31 and verse 32 brings it into the New Testament. What about living grace every single day that we're in this earth? Living grace again is God taking care of us from the point of the new birth all the way until we go to heaven itself, all our lifetime here on earth. What I'm telling you again too is living grace continues to increase because he gives more 
grace. The grace of God continues to grow, continues to increase every single day. And what God is saying here in these verses of scripture is again, that he will bless us. Our cup is going to run over with blessings. Romans chapter eight, verse 31 and verse 32. What shall we then say to these things? This is the overcoming victorious Christian who is surrounded by the grace of God, who's been blessed by the grace of God, who's been increased by the things of God. And now how does he look to the future? How do we look at the news every day? They're talking about stock market this, up, down. We're talking about crashes, inflations. We're talking about all different types of things today that we hear. We're talking about other nations possibly attacking us. We're talking about our intelligence being stolen. We're talking about our technology being stolen. All these things around me and all of a sudden fear can want to come on you. You know what the Bible says you should do? Speak to it. Speak to the situation. Speak to the news broadcast. Speak to the news that's coming at you from the world. And here's what you want to say. What shall we then say to these things? Lack of food, lack of possessions, lack of finances, economy going under, all the things they're talking about. What should we say to these things if God is for us? Who can be against us? I need to look at inflation, say inflation, if God be for me, you cannot be against me. I need to look at lack. I need to look at lack of food that they're talking about, say lack of food. If God be for me, you cannot be against me. If God gave well manna in the wilderness, he can give manna to me. If God provided in the cases where there was nothing, my Bible says I can laugh at famine. And so I'm gonna laugh at you, famine. I'm a, In other words, we talked to it. Jesus talked to things. He spoke to a fig tree one day. And he said to the fig tree, and the disciples heard it. He spoke out loud. He didn't whisper this under his breath. He said it out loud. He said to that fig tree, he said, no man eat fruit of you hereafter forever. And turned around, walked off. And I'm sure the disciples went to, looked at each other and said, don't tell anybody. He's talking to trees. The next day they came back and they said, that tree's drying up from the roots. They recognized that the roots of that tree had been cursed. And when Jesus spoke to it, his words went right to the roots, meaning that tree will never come back. What are we doing when we speak to problems? We're speaking to the roots of those problems and cursing it from the roots. Jesus spoke to Satan. When Satan came at him with three temptations, Jesus came back at him with three verses of scripture and said, Satan, it is written, it is written, it is written. And Satan departed for a time and came back later with more things trying to come to Jesus. But Jesus knew the importance of speaking to things. What does it say? in this verse of scripture we are to do. Since I walk in daily living grace, am so blessed out of my, my socks, I'm so blessed that it seems like it's eclipsing me. What am I supposed to do? Take a look at those blessings and realize that God that has blessed me up till now will not fail because grace gets better and better every single day. I might have momentary setbacks, but in the momentary setbacks, I'm getting ready to be catapulted even further into the front. What then shall we say to these things? We speak to things like Jesus spoke to the tree, like Jesus spoke to Satan. And this is what we say, if God is for us, who can be against us? Make it personal. If God is for me problem, you cannot be against me. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him? 
also freely living grace give us all things. You know what this verse is saying? If God gave me the absolute possible best thing I could ever have, the biggest thing, which is eternal life, can't he take care of a financial problem? If God brought me out of death into life, can't he bring me through a lack of bread problem, a lack of food problem, a lack of financial problem? And we look at those problems and say, oh, we're going to go under. God brought you out of Satan's world into his world, Satan's family into his family, out of Satan's kingdom into God's kingdom, and you're wondering if God can bring you food. He provided 40 years for the children in the wilderness. He can certainly provide for you. He's provided food throughout the word of God. He provided for Jesus. He provided for the disciples. He can provide for you. And we're promised this in the word of God. So again, he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. He's simply saying the greatest thing that ever happened in your life, the greatest miracle was the new birth. You ought to stop and think about it. next time you look at this, say, honey, I think we're going to go under. Our finances aren't there. What are we going to do? Remember something. God performed the greatest miracle ever in your life by bringing you out of Satan's kingdom into his own kingdom. Can't he handle this small thing? How small is this problem compared to the fact that God made you a Christian, took you now and you're going to heaven, you were headed toward hell, you were in Satan's family, now you're in God's family. If God could do that, certainly he can take care of this small problem you're having right now. It says again, he delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him? At first I was not with him, now I'm with him. Also freely give us all things. What was the new birth? Free. What was his guidance? Free. What is this? Living grace. God keeps providing living grace for us every single day. Folks, you are so blessed. I'm so blessed. Stop and thank God for your blessings. You're told in the word of God in in the book of Psalms, it says, forget not all his benefits. In other words, you're facing a problem today. Stop and forget not all his benefits. Look back on your life and say this. I remember when I've been through this before. In fact, I've been through worse than this before and God provided. I know I've got a lack of this, but you know what? I've had worse lacks in my life and God brought me through. Remember the specific occasions. Remember how God worked it. You can remember when the food came. You can remember when the finances came. You can remember when healing came for your children that were that the doctors were saying, we're not sure they're gonna make it through this thing. And you prayed and God brought them through and healed them. If God did that, he certainly, listen, God poured out his biggest blessing on you when you accepted Jesus as your savior. How about this? Now that you've been walking in living grace all this time, it's just gonna get better. How will he not also with him freely give us all things? Without him, he freely gave us salvation. But now that we are with him, he's gonna keep on freely giving us all these things. This again is the grace of God. One more verse of scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter nine and verse eight. I do not have the power, God has the power but God is faithful. It says in 2 Corinthians 9, 8, God is able to make all grace abound toward you. Oh my gosh. You got graced when you got saved. You got graced when you received Jesus as Savior and were born again, but there's more grace where that came from and the grace keeps increasing and God is able to make all grace abound toward you. And abound here means to run as hard as it can. When when animals abound, they're running and they're jumping and all that. It simply says grace is coming at you so fast and God is able to make more of it come. God is able to make all grace abound toward you that you always having all sufficiency in all things. This verse is talking about that God wants you to have sufficiency in everything in your life, but it comes again by living grace. What a great blessing this is. Listen, again, I wanna thank you for watching today. We're gonna continue this. We have two more days on this.
And in that time period, we're going to cover more about the grace of God. But I simply want to stop right now and thank God and remember my blessings. Forget not all of my benefits. And folks, you are my benefit. I mean, through you, God has blessed me. Listen, God could pour out money from heaven, but he is not someone who counterfeits. He brings it through people and he works through people. And thank you for being obedient to God, listening to him and supporting the broadcast. We have so many new people watching like never before this broadcast is expanding. I could puff up myself and say, oh, it's all this teaching I'm doing. No, it's the people that support me, that hear from God. And really it's coming from God through people to me. Thank you for being the tube of which comes from God. Thank you for being that supply chain that it comes from God through you to me. Thank you for again, for being such friends, friends of the ministry, friends of God and friends to sinners so that we can see them come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and friends to those who have been born again, who somehow are not walking in this grace, this living grace that God has to give to us. We need to remember that. Thank you for supporting me. If you'd like to become a partner with me, Go to bobyandian.com. You'll find a place there on the face page where you can become a partner with me and thank you in advance. I'll see you tomorrow. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. If you would like to contact Bob Yandian Ministries, visit bobyandian.com and click on Contact. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.